Welcome to the First to Gold podcast, the official podcast of the Irish Tribune, your source for all things Notre Dame. I'm Nick, he's Joe, and this podcast is available for you anywhere you get your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Be sure to check us out at theirishtribune.com. Follow our socials at the Irish Tribune and also at first and gold pod and joe what a weekend it was notre dame, oh, notre dame dominates navy and wins the game 42 to 3 let's just let's jump on into it man uh what are your overall thoughts on this uh this season opener for the irish man those exceeded my expectations through the roof through the roof I mean, if you could have told me it played out this way, I would have told you no way. That's kind of a dream world. Let's let's tone it down. I don't see that happening. Um, but I got to give it where prop is due. Uh, and that's to you, Nick. You were what? Only seven <laughs> points off? Seven points off your prediction? I think my prediction was 42 to seven. So, oh. yeah, it was, it was like four points off. So, it was close. That's pretty darn close. And and I told you, like, hey, let's pump the brakes, Nick. Let's pump the brakes. But, man, did that exceed our expectations. I know – well, at least exceeded mine. I know you were expecting uh, kind of the route that, that we saw. And, man, what a day for Notre Dame's football program to be the primetime game to kind of kick off college football season. I mean – to kind of play the way we did, it just, it was domination from beginning to end. I mean, there was no doubt. There was no doubt who was the better team on the football field. And I got to give credit to this coaching staff. I'm so excited for, for this season. And if you're a Notre Dame fan, how could you not be walking 10 feet tall? Like I've been around Cincinnati, Ohio after that performance. Yeah, man, it it was, uh, it was something special. I mean, if you're Notre Dame, you can't, write a better script than that you know opening game in dublin ireland uh you got every single college football fan uh you know you're kicking off the season so every single college football fan uh has its eyes on you and uh i feel like in the past notre dame might have come out for this game and kind of struggled a little bit um but there was no doubt from start to finish and and it was Phenomenal performance, phenomenal, phenomenal job by the coaching staff. The team, I mean, they just looked prepared from top mm-hmm. to bottom. I mean, we didn't see a ton of mistakes, and we'll get into, um, you know, uh, more details about the game, but just awesome, man. You know, Notre Dame set a, a world record <laughs> for most uh, Americans traveling um, for, for a sporting so event. Cool. So, so, yeah, cool. just awesome and the atmosphere was great um you could feel it through the television you could you could so i 
what a phenomenal way to to kick off the season and i think it's indicative of of what's to come as well so yeah and, uh, i i'm excited yeah and and that's what i think i loved about the day the most was it's honestly the days that have been following that i think as we put you know the college football nation or notre dame kind of put you know or all eyes i should say were on notre dame football you know, for those 3.81 million viewers. And I think the college football world took notice on what Notre Dame did on that stage. And I know all the Notre Dame haters are going to be like, all relax, it's just Navy. I know you guys were saying other things, you know, that before, like Navy's going to give us a hard game and, you know, Navy's going to be frisky and don't don't bet on the Irish to cover the spread. <laughs> um, they put They put the haters to silence and flipping their script saying, uh, oh, it's just Navy. It's just Navy. Hey, you play who you play, and with the domination they showed all four quarters, I think everyone in the college football scope said, whoa, Notre Dame is a team to be reckoned with. <laughs> they, they, All the college football teams should notice what, what Notre Dame did because they may be a player um, you know, for playoff contention, and that's why I have loved the last few days taking in all the Notre Dame college football content. I've been trying to listen to every single word, and I've loved every single minute. Yeah, man, I, I agree. I, I think you made a good point there. I think Notre Dame really kind of made a statement this game. You know, they, they yes. knew they had all eyes on them. Um, a lot of doubters. I mean, this Navy team was returning a ton of starters from last year. And last mm -hmm. year, they almost came back and beat us. That wasn't going to yeah. happen this this time around, and and it was obvious from the start. This was one of the more uh, relaxing Notre Dame <laughs> games I've had in a while. I'm I'm usually Enjoyable. yes yes exactly. I, you know, it was stress free. So I I think what Notre Dame did, you know, traveling over there to Ireland, taking care of business, and, and showing just great preparation across the board and executing at an extremely high level, I think it was very impressive. 100%. And and I think Notre Dame fans have felt that, you know, playing down to our competition, especially last year. And, you know, when you had the, the Marshall games, the Toledo games, you know, even the Stanford games where, you know, you, we felt like Notre Dame could walk onto the field and kind of be physically dominant on opponent or at least, you know, have grasp and control of the game. We didn't feel that last year. We didn't yeah. feel that last year. And for them to execute the way they did off, you know, traveling across the pond and, you know, first game of the year, new offensive coordinator, two new guards, you know, it's easy for us to say like, hey, it's okay to have some hiccups. But, man, you, you, you come away after the game going, oh, my gosh, what are we – this could be a special season. This could be a special mm. season. And I, I've, been, I've been grinning ear to ear. Oh, yes, sir, man. I've been wearing my Notre Dame stuff to work <laughs> every day. So um, I, I, I do think most Notre Dame fans feel that way, that this could be a special season. And mm -hmm. because of that, we have a, a, a segment ready. And, Joe, I'm going to let you uh, kind of explain that segment, and then we'll jump into it. Yeah, so after three or after every game, we're going to have – what I'm going to say are the three BTs and that stands for the three biggest takeaways. And we're going to have this in a draft order. I'm going to punt it off to Nick. So he's going to say what his number one biggest takeaway or take of the game. And once he uses that take, I can't use it. And we'll go snap 
uh, snake draft order. So, you know, Nick, you'll draft one, and then I'll draft my number one and number two. And then you'll have a chance to draft your number two and three, and then I'll finish it off with my third biggest takeaway. And I think that will go back and forth on – on our banter of the game. And I think we'll, we'll hit most everything we want to do um, or at least hit on every single topic we want to do when we talk about uh, the game overall. And one thing I want to do is kind of shoot it out to our fans so they could kind of let us know saying, Hey, this was a takeaway I had that you guys didn't talk about. Um, so we get some interaction on, on our Twitter pages as well. Yeah. I love it, man. I love it. So uh, should I go ahead and kick it off with my first pick? Yeah, the number one pick. Here we the go. Number what? one pick. I, I, I need <laughs> NFL draft music. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, That's perfect. That, so, so with this game, there are so many takeaways, uh, mainly all positive. Um, yes. But with the number one pick, I I mean, this is the obvious one here. Um, but I'm, I'm going with the, the biggest takeaway is Sam Hartman's the real deal. And um and I think that's blatantly obvious to the whole country now. Sam Hartman oh, yeah. finished the day with um, 19 completions on 23 attempts for 251 yards, average of 11 yards per completion, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, and a 97.9 QBR. Oh. It, so I... <laughs> I, I was extremely excited about Sam Hartman when we picked him up in the transfer portal, L like every Irish fan. Um, but but that kind of start in, in your Notre Dame debut has me feeling like we can beat any team in the country. And Preach. I, Preach. I I really do think Sam Hartman can take us there. I, his play, his poise in the pocket, how he's going through his reads and making checks at the line of scrimmage – very impressive. You could tell his leadership on the field. You know, the you can tell the guys are, are rallying behind him. Uh, to me, the biggest takeaway from this entire game is uh, Sam Hartman's the real deal. And, you know, I think we have a playoff contending quarterback on our hands. No doubt, Nick. And I think that was the obvious 1-1 pick. That was the number one takeaway I had as well is we have a QB that may win the Heisman Trophy. Yeah, we might we, have one. We, we might have a have contender. One we have we a have contender. It. And and I'll say it with my chest. And I don't mean to to ruffle the feathers of the Ian Book camp or the Drew Pine or Tyler Buckner or Jack Cohen camp. This this brother is different. This brother is different. And I know it's only one game. And you're like maybe just pounding your fist right now, saying it's just one game. Don't overreact, Joe. But I I seen enough. I've seen enough. Yeah. This guy is different than what we've had in the past two decades, maybe two decades since Jimmy Clausen, where yeah. I'm going to feel so excited waking up knowing that this man is going to be under center leading our offense. He looked different. It was just different poise under control. He looked like he had six years under, uh, under his belt. And man, did the moment just not look big for him. I yeah. could have had the nerves, you know, first time with the new offensive coordinator. He looked like he was just out there playing backyard football. And I loved every, every second of it. It was every a thing of beauty, of it. man. It, it, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, think about this. He had uh, the same number of incompletions as he did touchdown passes. Like, <laughs> like I mean, you can't get much better than that. So, I, yeah, I, I couldn't be more excited about Sam Hartman. Um 
yeah, big things to come. All right, Obvious. what what? So- so I'll What's say that's a, that, that's a decent first pick, decent first pick. <laughs> decent, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but hey, my 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 number one overall pick now that Sam Hartman's off the board is Jared Parker. Man, do I have to tip my hat to the preparation our offense took and executed on the field and made the Navy defense look absolutely inferior, inferior. So here here's the stat where I'm going off this. This was the first time we scored on our first or scored a touchdown on our first five drives since 2011. Since 2011. So the fact that Jared Parker, and it wasn't just on, you know, first, second down gashing, there were some big third down conversions and great, great, great play calls, great play calls. It felt like the defense of Navy was unsure what we were doing. And I actually didn't think Jared Parker did anything overly complicated. He didn't show a lot of cards. And I got to tip my hat for him to come in as the OC and for the preparation from spring to fall and then executing the Navy game plan the last two weeks, or I should say, you know, pretty much involving the game plan. Um, you know, I, I got to tip my hat to, to my man, Jared Parker, and very excited to see um, where this offense um, blossoms, you know, as as the season evolves, and what a great start, great start for him. I think it's a good pick, man. I I was extremely impressed. I mean, put put yourself in Jared Parker's shoes. You know, he he's not blind to all the the stuff that happened before he got the job. I mean, the whole Andy Ludwig thing, and then. You know, so it ends up being Jared Parker and indie fans are eh, so so about it. And, uh, you know, talking I wasn't about that happy. Right. I, I mean, I think most, most Notre Dame fans would feel the same way. And he comes in the, the fall camp preparation. And, and that usually with a, with a first time offensive coordinator at a place like Notre Dame, there's going to be some hiccups. There's going to be some, uh, you know, offside penalties. There's going to be some wrong formations. There's going to be this and that. I mean, it was a, besides one holding penalty on Mitchell Evans, it was a clean game. Flawless. The, 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 the guys looked prepared. They knew what they were doing. And, and I'm and like you said, he wasn't doing anything too complicated, but his play calls were well-timed. Mm-hmm. He had the defense on the ropes just very, very impressed with uh, Jer- Jared Parker and what he was able to do on this. I think that's yes. a good pick. Yes, and and I think it also, you know, and, and I want to give Jared Parker the credit on this. Everyone kind of looked confident in their role. Like, you know, and, and this is going to lead to my, my second overall pick on the takeaways is seeing Gino Gadulli on the sideline was was my next pick. And for so for my second overall pick with Gino being on the sideline and everyone's like, whoa, where where are you going with this, Joe? You know, obviously, since the Brian Kelly era, we have been very comfortable with, you know, Brian Kelly being on the sideline, a head coach talking to, you know, our quarterback with either, you know, his veins showing in his neck, you know, or <laughs> yeah. or Tommy Reese, you know, yelling on, on the phone from the press box. But, man, was it a a great sight for me when, you know, they're, they're going over, you know, they have the, the, the iPad, it looks like in front of them. So I don't know if they're going over film or not, but they're talking about what they're maybe doing or game planning on, you know, this is what they did on the last drive or game plan, what they're going to do the next drive. And 
They had Minty ne- uh, next to Gino. They had Angeli, Sam Hartman. It was a collaborative effort on the sideline and made me kind of step back and say, man, is it nice having a QB coach on the sideline that's able to talk to our QBs during the game? And I, I think that's going to elevate the quarterback room, not just from um, Sam Hartman's point of view, but for the other guys to kind of hear Gino's voice on the sideline during the games, what is he saying to Sam? What are they seeing on this? What is Gino seeing on the sidelines that he's maybe, uh, you know, talking to Jared Parker about? I think that's going to line a lot of things offensively for these quarterbacks to see when they take the field the next time. Um, and, and that just, that kind of excites me moving forward. what do you think? I, I think it's a great pick, man. I, I, I really love what Gino's done so far because let's take it back a little bit past offensive coordinators. It always seems like for Notre Dame, whoever the quarterback is, they just, they look uncomfortable back there. And I know, I know uh, Sam Hartman is what, this is a sixth year of college football or whatever it is. Um, So some might say that this is like not a fair take, but I mean, even Ian Book, like when he was back there, he looked like he was scared to make a mistake. Tyler Buckner as well and other quarterbacks. I think getting some new blood in there as a quarterback's coach, you know, and and seeing Gino on the, the sidelines talking to his guys, it just looks to me like his players are comfortable with him. They believe in what he's saying and and they're executing at a high level because of that. So I, I'm with you, man. I think that's a really good take, and it's it's nice to have some new blood there coaching our quarterbacks. I think he's, I think he's yes, a good sir. one. I, uh, I to, and just to to follow up on that, I, I think the whole staff, really, that Freeman has put together has impressed me so far. So, um, Gino, Gino included. So yep, yep. So Jared Parker is my one. Gino's my two. Love seeing a quarterback coach on the sideline coaching up our QBs. So now I punt it over to your side with your second overall pick. So do I get two in a row here? Yep, you get two in a row here. Okay, beautiful. Um, <clears throat> so kind of to follow up on coaches and game plans, I got to I got to tip my hat to to Al Golden. Yeah, you know Ooh. a lot of a lot of Irish fans, um, not not completely sold on Al Golden. He's he's had his issues the past year. Um, but his game plan and the play of his guys was extremely impressive to me. Um, the, the linebackers first and foremost, I thought have improved tenfold since last year. Maris Mm -hmm. Leofow, just like I, we talked about on last week's podcast, I, I was kind of in a, a show me mode with, with Marist and, and he came out and he had an incredible game. Jack Kaiser played his butt off, man. He, he, he had some huge plays in this game. And then of course, JD Bertrand. So just, just starting off with the linebackers, um, very impressed with, with, with what, um, with what they did. And then, you know, going on to like the defensive line and, um, how they were able to play, Besides that first drive, I mean, yes, we we held Navy to to some very low yardage. I want to say their average um, yards 2. per 7. rush two points. I knew it was two point mm-hmm. something. I mean, mm-hmm. 
that's difficult to do with all the eye candy that Navy brings out. Um, so I, I think Al Golden's game plan, his his use of personnel, um, I, I thought it was very impressive. So I, I'm going to go with Al Golden and uh, his game plan for for Navy. Nick, I think that's a outstanding pick because I'll admit, you know, with with Al Golden and the rumors of him testing the uh, the NFL waters. You know, I think he was waiting for a certain head coach to uh, to land a head coaching job and he was going to, you know, jump ship and, and join him. But obviously that that didn't come to play. And my biggest concern is, you know, how bought in is he, you know, with the defensive staff? You know, if he's already looking to jump ship, you know, is is he really that bought into what we're building here at Notre Dame? And then it kind of, you know, filtered down into recruiting right in the offseason, like, we're not hearing Al Golden's name as much enough uh, from recruits. You know, is is Al Golden getting on the recruiting trail? And my mind was going, how how bought in is Al Golden? Like, you know, what what can I expect out of him? But man, did it look like this was a year two underneath uh, underneath his arms? And obviously, I know he has Marcus's help, and I think Marcus is 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 having his say with the defense as well. But man, was that a big step from last year? And to have your debut that way um, against Navy was two thumbs up in my book. Two thumbs up in my book. And you kind of said it on every level, you kind of highlight a guy that um, maybe besides the secondary, but, you know, that's such a Navy, such a weird team to kind of dive into your secondary. You know, we had, you know, you we're not, we're not probably going to even mention Benjamin Morrison's name. And he's probably the best defensive player we have. And, he was almost a non-factor because I think those guys on the front seven did such an unbelievable job containing that Navy option, even after that, you know, first drive where it looked like they were gashing us and we may, may be looking at, uh, a, you know, a, a first drive score by Navy. After that, it was lights out, lights out from the defense. And I love seeing those in-game adjustments from a defensive coordinator and you got to tip your hat to Al Golden there. Yeah, man, well said. I was glad to see it because, you know, I, I think Al Golden is a great defensive mind. And I, I feel like this defense needed some consistency at D coordinator because I want to say, you know, this the, the defensive players, uh, they had had a different D coordinator every year up until this one. So I think that continuity is huge. Um, and I think, you know, Al Golden, some people say he doesn't put enough effort in and recruiting, but you know, what'll get recruits having defensive performances like this. So 100%, yeah. 100%. All right. So my second pick was Al Golden. My third pick, final pick to wrap up your biggest takeaways. Uh, my third and final pick, I'm an offensive line guy, as you know, Joe, um, <laughs> I'm going with my man, Joe Rudolph, uh, for an opening game and an offensive line to play with that type of chemistry and play that well with so little errors was phenomenal, in my opinion, especially with two brand new starters at guard. Pat Coogan, I thought he had a heck of a game. Uh, he, he was mauling dudes off the line, creating big holes, and I didn't see any big errors as far as um, – you know, what he was supposed to be doing. And on top of that, I thought Rocco Spindler had a good day for his first start. I, I think, yes, I know it's just Navy, 
But I thought those two guys for their first ever career start in Dublin, Ireland, all eyes, you know, all college football on on them. I thought they came out and they played really well. Um, and, and they showed a lot of that chemistry, you know, those um, double blocks uh, and moving up to linebackers. Um, and, and plus, Navy was shifting their D-line a lot, and they didn't look rattled. So it, it was clear to me that Rudolph had his guys ready to go. And usually, m- most offensive line groups take two, three games to really gel. And uh, I, it looks like they've uh, been playing together for years. So <clears throat> Joe Rudolph, got to tip my cap to him. He's my third pick. And then I, I got to also say, uh, Blake Fisher and Joe Alt were absolutely phenomenal in this game. Uh, especially Blake Fisher. If he can, if he can continue to play like that, um, the, the sky's the limit for him, uh, as far as being drafted. So, uh, Joe Rudolph's my pick. Uh, I, I hope the O-line keeps, keeps playing like they are. Cause it, it was impressive to watch. Love that pick Nick. And, uh, I I was on the balance of if you're going to take that or not. I'm kind of bummed that you did because I wanted to hit on those <laughs> points. Um, but I, I think you hit it on Blake Fisher was the guy I wanted to spotlight. And it's because I think Joe Alt has all the national recognition, right? You know, he's going to be, you know, arguably a top five pick. And, you know, Blake Fisher, you know, with all the uh, accolades he had kind of coming out of high school, like he was going to be the stud and, you know, Joe Walt was the three-star recruit and then they kind of flipped roles. Well, I shouldn't say flip roles, but Joe Walt kind of stole the spotlight Yeah, how impressive he was. And for Blake Fisher, we, it, he kind of reminded Notre Dame fans saying, hey, I'm on the other side, all right? <laughs> you got to understand that, you know, I understand Joe Walt's to the left, Um but I'm to the right, and we're the best yeah. daggone tackles in college he, football. <laughs> yeah, he, he's saying, don't forget about me over here. Don't like, I, 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 I'm a dude as well. Like, hold your beer. Hold, yeah, no, hold, right. your, hold your beer, all right? I get it, my man Joe Walt's killing it over here. But right. I think I might get myself into being a top draft pick as well. And why wouldn't he? Why wouldn't all he? Right, right. I mean, and I saw from PFF, he gave up zero pressures, um, you know, just – just again, Blake Fisher is a big time, big time offensive lineman for us. And gosh, how grateful are we that he's he's protecting number ten, <laughs> number ten for us, our number one pick. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know it's also cool that him and Rocco came in at the same time, you know, together and are kind of buddies. Like it's pretty awesome that they're getting to play together now and dominate yes. those dudes together. So. Yeah. Yes. Uh, great day for the offensive line. And I'm always a happy camper when the O-line plays well. So, all right, Joe, what's your uh, third and final pick there? All right. Third and final pick. I know you've kind of already hinted at it with Al Golden, our defensive corner, getting our boys ready. But, you know, I got to give a shout to uh, the guy that I kind of gave no love to last podcast is, hey, I don't know what to expect from this guy. You know, I, I, I you know, I'm kind of indifferent. Maybe we got to see the young guys behind him. And Maris Lufau balled out, I thought. Balled out. Had a and great he day. Played, he played with his head on fire. And he had seven tackles, which is second most on the team, right behind Jack Kaiser, four solo. And, you know, he did cause that fumble um, that, you know, went out of bounds. 
but man, did uh, he look... it went out of bounds. Uh, that was maybe a call <laughs> to help out the help out the midshipmen. Be like, yeah, oh boy, yeah. This could get ugly. Um, but I thought that you know the white lines just going off topic here. Like I could barely see them. You know, right. it seems like the rain kind of screwed with with the white lines. But anyway, you know, Maris Maris made a play. You know, got the ball loose and. And I was thoroughly impressed. So I got to give credit where it's due. And my hot take maybe might be Maris breakout player of the year for the defense. Breakout year. And uh, he certainly, um, you know, is trajecting that way if if he continues to pile on um, as as the season continues with these kind of performances. So I got to give my boy Maris Leofowles my last pick. Um, but certainly not least as, as my biggest takeaway from the game. I think it's a good pick, man. I, I, I'm like you, I was ready to, to write off the Maris Leofau hype. Uh, like let, let's get some, some young blood in there coming into this year because he had mm-hmm. been a little bit of a disappointment, but I think people also forget that. I think he's finally fully healthy. I think he, he had good some point. injuries that were, that we're bringing him down a little bit um, last year. So I couldn't be happier for the kid and, and, and I couldn't be happier for the defense, <laughs> you know, <laughs> as a fan, I, I'm loving his game right now. Uh, and I really hope he can continue. Um, like you said, that trajectory that he's on. Uh, Cause it could, yes, it, it, it will be a huge benefit to the defense. Oh, huge benefit. And how much does that help our linebacker room with Nolan Ziegler going out? You know, yeah. I know, you know, we don't really know the status on, on what he can, you know, bring to the table this year. I think that's kind of, again, a big question mark. Um, so I'm not going to comment on that, but with him kind of being out of the picture somewhat, you know, with him having that kind of performance, it kind of makes me believe that, Oh shoot, Al Golden has a lot to play with. And so does Marcus Freeman with their linebackers and moving them around. And if Maris brings that kind of juice, Man, he yeah. could really set the tone because you know Kaiser's going to be solid. J.D. Bertrand, I always thought Maris Lee Falcon kind of bring um, you know another level to to that front seven where it's just a guy kind of playing. You know, I know I've said this already, but a man with, with his with his hair on fire, you know, blowing guys up, you know, making big and he plays. was playing like that in this game. Yeah. It, yes. it was impressive to watch. Yes, so. That's going to round up, uh, you know, obviously my three picks with Jared Parker, Gino, and Maris. But, um, you know, I think all six of those picks are are great takeaways. I'm glad there was no bad takeaways this game. Right. I think we've enjoyed so much of this week. Yeah. And, and we'll have to post that to our socials and see what you guys think, you know, who, who yeah. had the better takes, who do we miss, et cetera, et cetera. So, exactly. I want to um, hear from you guys. So I, I'm excited to see, uh, you know, what other takeaways we, we may have missed on or, or slept on to say. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess to kind of wrap up the, the Navy game, is there any other guys or any other points that you wanted to bring up uh, about the Navy game before we move on to Tennessee state? You know, and if we want to hit on this, you know, it's something that I think we have to talk about is, you know, special teams. I love that we kicked it out of the end zone, um, but, you know, missing a field goal, it's going to be like, oh, shoot, you know, are we not going to have that consistency at uh, with Schrader as, as our field goal kicker? And it, it could have been first game yips, 
Um, yeah. You know, he may, he might settle down, which I do believe it is going to be the t- case. I, I think um, so too. I think he's a veteran guy. Uh, you know, you're going to have misses at times, but you know, during fall camp, I mean, he was drilling them from pretty solid distance. So I, I'm, I'm fingers crossed that it yeah. was just, you know, first game will slip up. So, but, uh, all right. All right. So let's, uh, let's move on to some Tennessee state. Um, again, it was a great win, uh, against Navy, but now the boys got to come back. Uh, they flew back on Sunday. They stayed the night there in uh, Ireland Saturday night. Um, you know, a lot of people on on Twitter and social media they have thoughts about how Notre Dame's never played an FCS school. Um, the, is this something that bothers you, Joe, or is it kind of? I guess w- what are your thoughts about Notre Dame finally playing an FCS school? I, I think it's about time. About time, because you know you're seeing all the other big boys do it. You're seeing all the other big boys do it. You know why? Why does Notre Dame have to schedule 12 FBS opponents? You know every year, where you know basically I think the takeaways from these other programs have been able to get you know younger guys on the field with experience, especially with the redshirt rule. You know we see it with. Georgia, the Clemsons, you know, the Alabamas, you know, I I looked up Georgia's schedule. They got Tennessee Martin, you know, I looked up um, Clemson. They got Charleston Southern, you know, I looked up Alabama's they're playing Chattanooga. I mean, what, what's the big deal? We're, we're evening out the playing field. If you get to have a throwaway game, why, why can't the Irish? I think that is incredibly well said, Joe. And those are my thoughts as well. To, to me, just like you said, all these other schools play these FCS teams so they can, you know, kind of rest some of their starters, get their younger guys reps, and get a damn near guaranteed win. So I, I'm excited. I'm like you. Let, let's get this whole monkey off our back where we can brag that we've never played an FCS school. Nobody cares. Uh, no. You know, uh, to, to me, I, I think it's more important to – build our guys confidence and on top of that rest up some of our starters and, and we got to get those younger guys reps one of my biggest complaints in the brian kelly era was that you know we'd get up big and we kind of take our foot off the gas mm-hmm. and then we wouldn't have enough of a lead to get the younger guys those snaps those are crucial J- just just like rico flores getting his one little catch you know in the navy game just getting that off your back as far as that experience playing in front of a big crowd on national television, you know, getting used to the speed of the game. Um, I, I think it's going to be huge. So uh, I hope we get a lot of young guys in the game. Um, and, and I hope I, I think it'll pay dividends down the road. So I think you pretty much nailed it on that one. Um so, yeah, it, well, sorry, go the, ahead. No, I just wanted to, you know, I, I think it's so important for kids to get out on the field, but also for their families. You know, if you're playing 12 FBS opponents, and I know we, we kind of just hit on it, but, you know, to go through spring camp, fall camp, and then just sit your butt on the bench for 12 games. That's a good that's, point. That's got to just kind of kill how you 
view the season. I want the guys that have highlights from, oh, man, my favorite game. I don't care if it's Tennessee State, but, man, right. I remember that 60-yard run that Jeremiah Love had or that that's, you know 60-yard pass that Rico Flores had or Braylon James. What did Braylon James like? Hey, this may not be your year, but, hey, you showed it when we played uh, Tennessee State that, you know, we – we, we you could do this at this kind of level, right? And it gets yeah. them filled, gets them to touch the field. And, you know, I think it helps the program. You know, it helps them kind of – it gets everyone to kind of lick their lips a little bit uh, that they contributed to the season. I think that's a really good point. And, and you brought up families. I mean, Notre Dame recruits nationally. So, I mean, you know, their families are all over the country. And if they're flying in for these games, they, they, they want to see their kids get on the field. So, I think that's a really good point. I think that's a yep. really good point. All right, so let's uh let's just jump into our score predictions then. Uh, oh boy! Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a whole lot to preview about Tennessee State. We don't know a ton about them. Uh, Eddie George is coming into uh, South Bend. I think the last time he came, he tore up the Irish defense as a running back. <laughs> um, so, uh, Joe, what, what do you think as far as score predictions go? All right, well. The offense has me buzzing, so I I can't go I can't do another prediction of thirty. I, I can't do that. I, I think Notre Dame offense is going to put a fifty burger out there, a fifty burger out there, and I'm actually going to go above fifty. I think it's going to go fifty four to ten. Fifty four to ten is going to be my final score. I think uh, you know um, you know Tennessee State gets in you know a touchdown um, you know late maybe against our twos or threes. Um, you know, I, I'm going to give them that. I don't think we're going to have another pitch out end zone performance. Love if we did so. Um, oh, yeah. But I, I want to see, you know, the Brennan Vernas maybe get on the field, the Donovan Heinishes. Obviously, with Gabriel Rubio being out, that kind of gives opportunities for some other guys to flash on the field and show what they can do. And what a perfect game to, you know, have this tee up to. So, you know, I, I want to see the younger guys on the field. I want to see Angeli out there, see what he can do with the offense. Um, you know, so, but I do think this defense has enough depth, you know, to keep them out of the field. I don't think they get in the teens. So I, I'm going to stick to a 54 to 10 score. I think it's a good pick. Um, and it's actually very close to mine as well. Um, I, I, I think obviously, you know, th this is a game that we should dominate. We should win easily and get the young guys in, uh, you know, by the second half. Um, but I do think it, it'll be a little bit of a groggy start. You know, uh, mm -hmm. us flying back, getting, you know, reacclimated. Um, so I, I think it might start off a little slow, but then Sam Hartman will light it up, you know, towards <laughs> the end of the first quarter, second quarter. Uh, and, and I hope, like you said, I hope we get to see a lot of Angeli. I hope we get to see Kenny Minchie for a little bit. Oh, boy. And I, I would be and so I, excited. Oh, yeah. And, and I hope we get to see some of the young offensive linemen uh, get some reps, you know. Um, Emil Wagner get get a, a significant dose of snaps and and all those younger guys and, and across the board. So um, I, I don't think that Notre Dame will give up any points in this game. So Ooh. I'm going Notre Dame 52, Tennessee State zero. Whoa. Because I do think that we have some serious – depth on the defensive side of the ball the athletes that we have running at the twos and the threes you look at Jalen Sneed you look at Jaden Mickey you look at 
uh, Osbury, et cetera, et cetera, Don Schuler. So, uh, you know, I, I think you get those guys in there, you get them some snaps, and, and they might be able to move the ball a little bit, but I think uh, I, I think the talent gap is just going to be too wide, and I think we shut them out at home. So that's my I score prediction. I love yep. to see it. We shall see. Um, but that's going to wrap it up for segment one. Uh, segment two, we got a ton of questions for you guys. Uh, so we will be right back. Welcome back to the First and Gold podcast segment two. Uh, we got a bunch of questions uh, from you guys. And uh, just want to say again, thank you so much for all of you that put in your questions um, make sure you keep these coming every week. Uh, we enjoy having your questions cause we want to hear from you guys. Um, so Joe, uh, why don't you go ahead and hit us with our first question, uh, from Twitter. Awesome. So we had a great question from at Jeff V 44. He actually had two questions for us. Um, so I'll start with his first Nolan Ziegler fell out of the two deep a couple weeks ago, left the team on a personal matter back but did not play against navy with no red shirt to preserve can he get back uh Nick, jeff I, this to you okay uh jeff i think it's a good question um because nolan's one of those guys he was making a lot of noise in camp um and, and he was moving up the depth chart uh he had to leave the team for some personal reasons we're not going to get into that uh but he is back on campus um and, and i do think that he can get back i i think that with the amount of progress he was making during fall camp, I think he knows enough of the defense. I think he's proven himself to the coaches. And, uh, yes, I, I do think that he can get back. But, again, what matters first and foremost here is his personal situation. So um, that comes first. But if he can get that all sorted out, uh, yes, I think you'll see him getting some action. 100%, Nick. I, I'm in total agreement here. Um Jeff, I, I think he's he's a guy that flashed enough in the spring where the coaches know what they're getting out of him. And obviously, once he takes care of his personal matters, um, you know, he, he's going to be thrown back in there once, once he's ready. And, you know, obviously, they may, you know, give him some time to kind of catch up, you know, with the time he missed. But he he's too special or dynamic of an athlete. I think he, he's, again, showed that in the spring. He, he flashed to a lot of the beat riders and, and the coaches where they were talking very high of him. Um, so I, I'm not worried about Nolan Ziegler, uh, you know, moving forward in, in the Notre Dame football program. I hope he comes back. And, and when he does, I think uh, Al Golden and Marcus will, will take him under their wing and, and get him acclimated, uh, you know, if not quicker than, than expected. Yep. Well said, man. And, Again, I he, he's one that I'm very high on. I, I think his potential's through the roof, and I, I'm personally not worried about his development. I think he'll be just fine, and he'll be an impact player one day for Notre Dame. So, no doubt. And Jeff V forty four came back with another question. Besides Hartman, after watching Navy, which ND transfer do you think will make the biggest impact this season? Now, I'll take this one. Um, obviously, we have some some guys. Um, you know, that, you know, you can think of off the top of your head, um, you know, such as, you know, the Antonio Carters, um, you know, and, 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 uh, you know, Devin Ford, but I'm going to go with Thomas Harper and I know he didn't flash during the Navy game, but he, he was out there a lot. And 
I think obviously the Navy game's not a good um, eyeball test for him um, or really our secondary of what we're going to get out of those guys. Um, but he, he's going to be my pick um, after seeing how many snaps he took. And I, I'm excited to see him against, you know, an offense that, that throws the ball a little bit more. It's a good pick. And, and Jeff, I think it's a good question because, you know, every, everybody gets so caught up in, in just Sam Hartman that I feel like sometimes we forget to, to think about some of those other transfers. So I think we got a lot of good ones. I, I think Thomas Harper's a really good pick. I think he's in for a, a big year. Um, but I, I'm going to go with my man, uh, JJB, uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste. Um, I, I thought he flashed in the game against Navy. And I think you get him, you know, playing against a, an offense that actually slings the rock a little bit. Um, I think it'll allow him to really show uh, his skill set. So I'm going to go JJB. Great pick. I, and he's really important to our defensive line. And he Crucial. certainly flashed. He certainly flashed in, in the Navy game, making uh, some big time stuffs uh, in the middle of that, that Navy option. And he looked fired up to play, man. He looked he like did. he did. He looked like, hey, I am out of the Ohio State jail. Uh, I'm ready to show out and, and show, uh, you know, pretty much the college football world and maybe those NFL scouts, uh, you know, that he may be a name uh, to start considering to be, be on a lot of people's draft boards. Yep. Well said. Yep. So we'll go to the next Twitter question. It is from at KeenNoLies74. Why was Merriweather a non-factor versus Navy? Um, yeah, so, you know, I, I think the coaches, um, I don't want to say they were disappointed, but I think the coaches expected Tobias Merriweather to be, um, at an elevated place by the, by the start of the season. Um, I personally, I, I think that Tobias needs to just get out of his own head. I, I think he needs to, to build some confidence and realize how much potential he has, uh, you know, he had that drop on, on the quick wide receiver screen pass and he just, he didn't look confident in his abilities. And then that pass to the end zone, I know it was underthrown, but I, I would have liked to see him be a little bit more aggressive and going up for that ball. Um, so why was he a non-factor? You know, I, I think maybe he just needs a little bit more time. But I think once he gets some confidence in, in himself and he realizes his ability, um, I, I, he he will be a weapon. So I, I'm not I'm not writing him off yet, um, but I, I just think it'll take some time. Yeah, and and I, Nick, I'm honestly thinking, you know, after watching the game again, if if Sam Hartman doesn't put as much air on that on that ball. Are, are we having a different conversation? You know, sure. he, he he definitely got the separation he needed. And, you know, Sam Hartman nearly played a flawless game. I mean, we are nitpicking here. Um, oh, yeah. You know, with with he missed that one throw. Why wasn't he perfect? Um, but, you know, if he – and he he knew it right away. The the camera went to him. He, he gave kind of four fingers, you know, down like, ah, I should have had that ball down. I, I floated it too much. And, and, and if he did, you know, Merriweather catches that, you know, and the end zone um, before before getting out of bounds in the back of the end zone. But um, 
you know, Merriweather is going to take time. He's only caught one pass. You know, that's, you know, let's, let's settle down he's a, expectations. <laughs> he's a true sophomore. I, yes. you know, I know everybody wants to see it now, 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 but he'll be flash. fine. He's, he's just got to, go. he's Yeah. He's just got to settle in. So, all right. Yeah. So those were our Twitter questions. Uh, we have one here from Facebook. Um, if you don't already uh, follow us on Facebook, make sure you guys are liking the Irish Tribune and getting those questions in. Uh, this one's from Brett Kovac or Kovac. I'm not sure. Uh, what are your thoughts on Notre Dame playing an FCS school for the first time? I personally don't see any difference between them playing Tennessee State or New Mexico other than being able to say you've never played an FCS school. Both are terrible and add nothing to the schedule. Uh, Joe, what do you think? Uh, let's, you know, the, the takeaway I have from that question is it, it's a good question, but we kind of hit on this earlier. There, there's certainly a significant difference, I think, between FCS and FBS opponents. Um, you know, this is, you know, obviously, you know, if you are playing the New Mexicos or the Toledos or the Marshalls, you know, they still have access to, you know, probably bigger time athletes. You know, Marshall had, you know, what do they have last year? Like 20 plus, you know, felt like transfer portal guys that, that were coming from yeah. big time programs. You know, yeah. it's it, it's still a, a, a level below. And, you know, when you're playing against 12 FBS opponents, you know, it takes a toll. And I think FCS opponents kind of give you the opportunity to kind of be, again, you still have to respect your opponent, but a little bit more physically dominant, um, you know, in the trenches and again, have the opportunity to get your, get your other guys, younger guys on the field a little bit quicker. Yep. I think that's well said. I, I we, like, like you said, we kind of already touched upon it. I, I'm kind of glad we're getting the whole Notre Dame's never played an FCS school thing off of our back. Every other school in the country is doing it. Uh, kind of like you mentioned earlier, Joe, I'm, I'm sick of Notre Dame making things harder on themselves for no reason. So yeah, uh, I'm, uh, I'm perfectly fine with it and I hope they do it every year. And honestly, I hope <laughs> in an ideal world, I'd love to see them play Navy first and an FCS school second every year, yes. just so you can get that out of the way. But yes, that's uh that's a story, I guess for another day. All right. We have some additional questions here from Instagram. Um, let's see here. First one, uh, best recruit. We have a chance at in the 2025 class. Um, I'll take this one first. I, I, I think the, the 2025 recruiting is off to a, a really good start, you know, with the commits we already have, um, as far as who's left and who we have the best shot at, you know, I think a guy like James Flanagan, he's a legacy. His dad played for Notre Dame. Um, I think it's only a matter of time before he pulls the trigger. I think a guy like Daniel Anderson, he got offered uh, at the summer camp. I, I think he's very close to pulling the trigger. Um, you know, you got guys like Hanakia's brother, um, you know, uh, Owen Straybig, Derek Meadows, Ethan Long. I think all those are guys that Notre Dame leads for. Um, but if I had to just pick one, I, I'd go with James Flanagan. Joe, any thoughts? Yeah, Nick, I, I'm with you. And I, I think James Flanagan is the one, especially uh, with that other recruit, uh, Roberts, you know, outside, um, you know, decommitting. 
um, that obviously has, you know, a void to fill now. And James Flanagan being able to jump in in the class is, um, you know, great for Notre Dame, great for his family. And, and it, we're, we're going to accept him with, with our hands wide open. Uh, I'm excited for him to, to join, join the, the uh, Irish commitment list uh, for 2025. And just to put a little scoop out there, I'm really herp- hoping for Gerby Lambert to, to join the 2024 class. Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I think, I think that one's going to happen. I I'm just kind of surprised he hasn't made it public yet. So yeah, that, I feel like that one's uh pretty, uh, pretty for sure going to happen. We'll see. Um, all right. Next question we got here. Uh, Deuce night prediction, Joe, I'll let you take this one first. Deuce night will be on the commitment list for Notre Dame after the Ohio state game. I truly believe if Jared Parker and Sam Hartman continue this offensive trend and, you know, we, we kind of touched on it lightly, but Man, was it fun seeing Sam Hartman and Jared Parker have a game plan where all of these wideouts are getting getting their hands on the ball, and not one tight end was was, was targeted, not one. And it kind of gave it a different feel of, oh, this is what Notre Dame's offense could look like when you get a big time quarterback. And I think that's going to start building some momentum for big time quarterbacks, right? We we said Sam Hartman kind of puts Notre Dame in a different perspective amongst recruitment. Um, you know, if he if he balls out and I think Deuce Knight could be the first domino effect of that. Yeah, I think uh I, I agree with you. I think right now Notre Dame leads in this recruitment. Um and, and I see him ending up uh in this class. Um so, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to say any more on it. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Joe. Uh, all right, next question. And sorry, I haven't been reading out who's been saying these. Uh, this next one's from Burnett.Sun on Instagram. Uh, he wants to know, what recruits do you think we can flip later on? All right, so one guy I have my eyes on and – I think he would take this cornerback group to another level, and I'm already very high on the guys that Mike Mickens is getting, and that's Caleb Beasley. I know he took, um, you know, our Irish invasion camp by storm, you know, when he visited back, uh, I believe, his junior year and or going into his junior year. And I, I was like, wow. I even saw the clips. I mean, he looked like Benny Clamps 2.0 out there. <laughs> now I know it's a camp, but um, I really want this guy. The fact that he's still talking to Notre Dame even after his commitment to Tennessee, and I think a lot of people agree that you know he kind of drank the Tennessee Kool Aid once. Uh, you know, they kind of got uh, off to a great start last season for them. Um, I think Caleb Beasy, the fact that he hasn't closed that door on Notre Dame makes me think that he's looking at at Mike Mickens and what he's building in that secondary. And if Benjamin Morrison has another year like he did this year, if Cam Hart explodes and Jaden Mickey flashes, uh, I I think Caleb Beasley might be interested in flipping over to the Irish. Uh, You stole my pick, man. And I, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of uh, uh, fans, you know, want to want to hear us say Justin Scott. 
Um, I, I'm not ready to, to, to go down that road as of right now. I, I, I'm like you. I think Caleb Beasley's probably uh, the one that's most likely. Um, and, uh, you know, especially if we can get Deuce Knight to commit, which they're now teammates, um, I, I think that could uh, pay some serious dividends. And then, you know, I, I'm like you. I think him being from Tennessee, he kind of felt some pressure to join you know, the, the class there at Tennessee, but I, I think deep down he's a Notre Dame type kid. And, um, you know, especially if Tennessee, you know, struggles a little bit this year and, he, and even if not, um, but oh, I would hate to see that. I would just hate to see <laughs> yeah, right. that. Hate to see Tennessee struggle. Oh no. Yeah, all right. Right. <laughs> um, but I think either way, you, you know, if he comes to visit, I think Notre Dame has a good shot to flip him. All right. <clears throat> Next question from underscore BKR.12. How many true freshmen do you think play this year? Uh, and then all of them, question mark. Um, I'll take this one first. Uh, I, I do think pretty much all of them will get some type of reps this year, mainly due to that uh, four-game redshirt rule. Yes. Um, so I, I think you'll see the majority of them play. You're not going to see KK Smith because of his injury, and um, but uh, the majority of them, I do think, will see some playing time. Now, how many of the true freshmen don't redshirt? That's a different story. But uh, Joe, what do you think? I, I'm totally in agreement with you. Um, you know, I hope this game on Saturday, uh, you know, answers a lot a lot of those questions. You know, if if we can start seeing those guys on the field early. Uh, in the second half, that would be my ideal scenario. Uh, but, you know, I know Irish fans are licking their chops to see this uber-talented 23 class. They were all very excited and high on them. And um, I think from what we've heard from camp and obviously from the standouts of Jaden Greathouse grabbing two tutties and, and seeing Rico Flores, um, oh. you know – could you imagine that, Nick? We saw true freshman <laughs> wide receivers on the field. I mean, imagine that. Huh. Isn't that incredible? Oh, man. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> wouldn't that have been nice a few years ago? But, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, you know, that's a topic uh, we don't need to dive into. But, man, I'm glad we don't. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is this is just, um, you know, a class that, you know, is, is Marcus Freeman's. And I, I think it's a, a class that, you know, could potentially take Notre Dame to a national championship. Uh, and have a ring on their finger by the time they graduate, hopefully. <laughs> love it. I love it. I love it. All right, next question here is from uh, Carter and Spock. Uh, most likely next commit. Um, we kind of touched on this already for the 25 class. I think it's either uh, James Flanagan or Daniel Anderson. Um, but for the 24 class, I'm going Gerby Lambert. I think he's the kind of the last big piece there for the, for that class. What do you think, Joe? Yep, yep. On the other question, I, I kind of foreshadowed that already. Uh, Gerby Lambert is the one that I'm I, I'm putting my hands together, saying a little prayer that that he's going to <laughs> to jump on board. And especially when Blake Fisher and Joe Old have a performance like that, be like, come on down, come yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, down. how can you how can you not want to play for for that offensive line? So, all right, well said. All right, uh, next question from. Jake underscore Murphy underscore 27. Uh, he wants to know our record predictions. Joe, I'll let you go first. Well, shoot. After I already gave out my prediction, but I almost want to 
backpedal out of it, but I'll, I'll stick to it. I, my prediction, I'm sticking to uh, 10 and two, but very optimistic that, 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 uh, that may be a higher win column number as, as, as what I saw from Saturday. I think that's well said, man. And and like you mentioned, we've kind of already talked about those record predictions, but I, I'm sticking to mine as well. I'm going 11 and one with a playoff berth. And uh, if, if I, like I got to pick a lot better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> if I got to if I got to pick the loss, I'm I'm going with Clemson. Uh, that's my biggest worry. Um, okay. Uh, next up, as far as questions go, we have uh, Cade dot Harp, and he wants to know: Do you think Notre Dame wins a natty with Jimmy Clausen as the quarterback in 2012, 2018, or 2020? What do you think, Joe? Uh, that's a good question, man. Uh, <laughs> man. Yeah. You know what? I I thought that 2012 was special. Special. It was just, you know, I, I was a senior in college and uh, – or not a senior in college. I was a freshman in college. But I remember being on college uh, campus, and uh, it was at the University of Dayton. And I remember we beat USC – we ran down to kind of the student housing area and these go Irish chants were going on and it, it just felt like a magical season. Then it, to end uh, Alabama, um, that, that kind of, you know, really punched us in the mouth. And, you know, Brian Kelly came out afterwards. He, he didn't have physical enough practices, but again, a quarterback just elevates you. Right. And if you put Jimmy Clausen in on that offense, I, I think it elevates not just the offense. It, it gives life to the defense and you know you just have to win one game right that was a that was a bcs championship it was just one game and you know i I would put my put my cards on on one game and notre dame winning that one i like it i like it i i'm a big uh fan of jimmy clausen i i wish he could have played for the irish when they had some more talent around him um the 2012 year that that team was special there's no doubt about it but I don't necessarily think that quarterback was the issue that year. I actually thought that Everett Golson had a pretty decent year. Um, but I am going to say 18 or 20. I can see it. Um, you put Jimmy Clausen on one of those teams, and, yeah, I think they'd be uh, very tough to beat. Um, okay, next question here we have from underscore Colton Cannon underscore. Uh, Braylon James getting redshirted or getting playing time um i'll I'll go ahead and take this one joe uh i i think you'll see him play uh but he'll still get that red shirt i i think he'll play in one two three games but he's he's i think the plan for him from the coaching staff is for him to red shirt uh joe you got this next one uh do you think drake bowen gets some playing time i do I think Drake Bowen gets some playing time this year. And I'm not saying that because um, I'm hoping anyone gets injured, but you know, the way our defense is playing physically, uh, you know, that you're probably going to have, you know, maybe a game or two where JD Bertrand can't go like last year. Right. You know, he, you can't expect all these guys to play that hard 12 games and, and kind of be clean throughout a season. And I think our linebackers are playing about as hard as anyone and I think Drake Bowen is going to find his way uh, into a game barring, you know, there's some sort of injury to 
perhaps happen, but also I think his gameplay. I think they're going. I think Al Gold and Marcus Freeman are going to find ways to kind of get him on the field as well. Yeah, I think that's well said. I, he he already got some reps on uh, special teams. I'm pretty sure uh, this past game. I and plus he's already cracked uh, the two deep. Yeah, I th- I think Drake will get get a lot of playing time. Joe, I know you've mentioned this already, so I'm going to let you take this question as well. Um, AM clean 0206 wants to know, are you worried about our speed on defense? No, no. <laughs> I Next knew that question. was going to be your Next answer. Next question. No. <laughs> Next question. I like um, it. <laughs> I, I'm very excited about our athleticism on at the linebackers, even at the defensive line. I think, you know, being able to shuffle, um, you know, Jordan Batello, but also um, JT, Josh Burnham on the outside as well. Um, it gives our team a lot of dynamic athletes on the field that I think Notre Dame is going to be, or Notre Dame fans are going to be excited to see, um, you know, on their television going sideline to sideline. Yep. I, I don't have a ton to add. I, I'm actually pretty happy with the speed and uh, athleticism we have on defense. So, all right. Next question we have from Xavier underscore three, two, five, five. We're taking it back to the Y series here, Joe. Uh, How much, how much does indie football change if Brady Quinn red shirts his freshman year and plays a third uh, red shirt senior year under Wise? Oh, it's a good question, man. I'll actually take it first. I think it, I think it changes Notre Dame football a lot. Um, <laughs> honestly, I, I think Charlie Weiss, he, he's not gone after his fifth year if he has well, Brady Quinn. I was Quinn. just about to say that. Like, I, if, if he it, gets Brady Quinn that, that extra year, I think he buys himself more time. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then, you know, if Charlie gets more time, then we don't have Brian Kelly. And, uh, yeah, I think it changes a ton. So yeah, yep. you, you buy good him question. more time, give him another year. You know, BK is probably not available, and you know that that changes the whole trajectory of what Notre Dame has been the last you know decade or so. Yep. Okay. Uh, next one from Brennan Maloney. Uh, he wants to know who sees more playing time after the Navy game: Tobias Merriweather or Dion Colsey. I think that's going to be Tobias Merriweather. And I think Deion Colsey made the most of the snaps he played in Navy. Now he probably caught, he probably caught, um, you know, Chansey's eyes, um, you know, and and probably caught, you know, Jared Parker's eyes on, you know, maybe we can get this guy more snaps. But I think this coaching staff knows that Tobias Merriweather, now it's not the game one we expected or, or wanted to see from him but he's going to get chances and they want to give him chances. They want him being that, that long target for Sam Hartman to hit, hit those explosive plays downfield. And uh, Tobias is going to get those. So I, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty solid on that prediction with, with Tobias. Yeah. I, I think that's a good pick. I, I, I don't think the coaching staff, although I'm sure they weren't thrilled with his, you know, season opener, they're not going to give up on him. They know his potential. No. Um, so I, yeah, I, I would, I would agree with you. I think Tobias, uh, over Colsey. Okay. Uh, next up from another one from Brennan, uh, Maloney. 
with Rubio out, do we see uh, any bit of Brennan Vernon? And I'm going to start off by saying, yes, I think so. I think you will see Brennan Vernon in this game this upcoming Saturday. And I'm excited to see him. He was one of my favorite recruits from this class. Um, So I'm going to say yes. Joe, what about you? 100%. 100%. I think this is an opportunity for him to to flash uh, some game film to – to his Notre Dame defensive staff saying, hey, you guys got to get me on the field. And when, um, you know, the offensive line had an interview saying he was the most violent freshman they've, they've played against, um, you know, on the practice field, you know, the last four years, I was like, whoa, whoa, okay. Well, yeah, I, I want to see that. I want to see that in action. And let's let's not forget, he, he was a five-star big-time commit when he – when we snagged him away from, from Ohio state and, and all of a sudden his rankings drop, but let's not get it twisted. This man was a big time recruit and he's going to find himself on the field. And with Gabriel Rubio being out, I think we're, we're going to be smiling uh, big time when, when he makes a play or two uh, on Saturday. And I think he was one of those guys that, um, you know, he kind of, he took the, the Notre Dame ranking drop uh, because he committed <laughs> early. Like it's a joke. It's a joke. It, it is. Um, but you know, when it, when his recruitment was coming down to Ohio state and Notre Dame, I mean, people were talking about him, you know, as a top 150, top 100 uh, defensive lineman, and, you know, then he commits to Notre Dame and you don't really hear much about him. So I, I think that Brennan Vernon, his potential through the roof. And I, I do think that Notre Dame fans will be very excited to see him play. Um, okay. Next up, we have a question here from Jack underscore M Williams. Uh, actually it's a statement. Uh, he says we need to start Bowen Sneed Osbury time for new linebackers. Uh, Jack, you know, I appreciate that. Everybody, everybody, that's a hot take. That's that's a hot take, Jack. Um, and I get it. You know, everybody wants to see the young guys. You know, the the new shiny toy. But let's not take for granted what we have uh, with our experienced linebackers and Bertrand and and Leah Faust progressing and and Jack Kaiser. But I do agree. I, I'd like to see uh, those guys get some reps, but um, their time will come. Yeah. Um, so you're telling me that you want our two highest tacklers off the field next game and going into uh, Ohio State and the Clemsons and the USC? Uh, no, thank you. I will we'll get their time will come. Their time will come. Yeah. Um, but uh, and I'm just as excited about those guys as 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 he is. But but, you know, to win those top games, I, I think the experience even from Hartman, you know, he shows in the quarterback position. I think it translates also to the defensive side. You know, J.D. Bertrand, Jack Kaiser, Maris Leofau, you know, they have a lot of experience um, to play with. And when those guys are in your front seven, I, it gives those offensive coordinators, um, you know, the scaries, I think. So let's, let's keep them on the field. Yep, well said. All right, we uh, just have a couple more here. Uh, underscore Colton Cannon underscore. He wants to know, uh, do we think Notre Dame gets Dorian Brew? He's uh, 
he's a recruit from Ohio, 2025 class. Um, I, I think that early on Notre Dame was a leader and, and I think Notre Dame felt really good about where they stood with Dorian. And I think Dorian was excited about Notre Dame. Uh, unfortunately, I think that that ship has kind of changed directions and I don't know how hard Notre Dame's going after him, uh, anymore. Joe, any thoughts on that? Yeah. And, and one thing that, you know, we kind of hit on earlier is, you know, if, if we do get back on that ship, um, kind of, as you mentioned, you know, I think the biggest thing that, you know, Notre Dame can do right now is show it on the field you know, build that momentum, um, in the recruiting class and we'll see, but you know, let, let the cars play out. Yeah. I think that's well said. I, uh, winning talks. I mean, that, that, that's all you need. If you win on the field, the recruits will come and with this staff and, and how they recruit, I'm not, I'm not even overly worried about the 25 class with my expectations for this season. Yep. So a lot of time too. a lot of time. Yep. Yep. All right. Last, last question here. Uh, with the energy of the season opener, or sorry, this is from Isaac Myers 20 with the energy of the season opener. I hope the guys don't come out sluggish against Tennessee state. So I'm guessing he just wants us to comment on that. And, uh, I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll go first here. I, you know, I, I think they, they will come out a little bit sluggish. You know, you're coming back on Sunday. You're trying to catch up on sleep, get readjusted to your normal schedule. And on top of that, it's not always easy to get fired up for, uh, you know, a team like Tennessee State. So I think it could be a little bit of a sluggish start. Um, But I think Notre Dame will will slowly get back into rhythm and, and take care of business. What do you think, Joe? Agreed. And it's the season opener at home. You know, there's there's going to be a lot of energy, um, you know, built up energy, I think, amongst fans and campus and student body um, where, you know, there's going to be, you know, a lot of emotion on our side of it. But, man, I can't imagine what these guys have gone through the last seven days. Right. Um, when, once they hit the field. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I wouldn't be surprised with sluggish start. But again, goes back to I'm glad we're playing an FCS opponent this game gosh if we were playing like nc state or even a central michigan i I think we're having a different talk here you know and um you know again this is why i really like the move we made to to having this kind of opponent come in um after such a high last week yeah well said well said and guys uh or everyone thank you so much for submitting your questions uh make sure you keep those coming uh, we love to hear them. We love to to interact with you guys. That's what that's what we're all about here uh, at the First and Gold Pod. Where you know the Irish Tribune is made for fans by fans. So uh, keep those coming. Um, so Joe, I, I think that'll wrap it up. Do you have any uh, closing thoughts or, or or anything? No closing thoughts here. I. I have just been standing tall here in Cincinnati. I'm going to keep doing that until Saturday. I'm excited for some college football to start on, on Thursday, Friday to see some some other teams play. But man, what? Let's enjoy this week. Uh, I hope everyone enjoyed it Saturday, and and let's keep uh, let's let's keep this momentum going with this podcast. I know Nick and I are really enjoying it. Yes, sir. I think that's well said, and uh, yeah, we're excited and uh, enjoy these. 
enjoy the opening win, the the dominating win, and enjoy this upcoming Saturday because I, I go, I know me personally, I go crazy when there's no football and <laughs> uh, you know seeing seeing Notre Dame go out and dominate it Preach. just it, it makes my entire week uh, better. Oh. So oh, enjoy it's it, guys. It's yes, been the best. right. Oh. Um, so we'll be looking forward to talking to you guys uh, next week after a big uh, win over Tennessee State. And uh, make sure you guys are listening for that. And uh, go Irish. Go Irish. Thanks for listening, Irish fans. Please rate and review our podcast. We are available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on Twitter, at First and Cold Pod, at Nick Kramer IT, and at Joe underscore Kramer underscore IT. And don't forget to check us out at theirishtribune.com and follow us on our socials, at the Irish Tribune. Thanks for listening, and go Irish! <laughs>